Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Happy Hanukkah. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
so dear Our brother seeking comfort And the strength to persevere A nation of survivors One family filled with pride Oh, land of milk and honey We will always Chag 
Hanukkah. Eight great days. Let's light the menorah in our window and sing Ma'oz Tzur to celebrate the great miracles of Hanukkah. Hey, why not join us for Lakis and a game of dreidel? Yivanim, Yivanim, Nikbitsu Alai, Ahazabi Mechashmami. Come light the menorah. Let's have a party. We'll all dance the hora. Gather round the table. We'll give you a treat. Dreidels to play with and latkes to eat. And while we Shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. One for each night, they will shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. Hoy chanuka, chanuka, yon tevashene. Alustika, freilicha nishda nochazene. Alunachun dreido spilin. One little, two little, three little Nehros, four little, five little, six little Nehros, seven little, eight little Hanukkah Nehros, and the Shamis too. Al-Hanisim, ve'al-ha-kurkot, ve'al-ha-kurkot, ve'al-ha-chuvos, ve'al-ha-milchamos, she'osisolavoseinu, My brother has a dreidel, he made it out of gold, he left it in the freezer. 
freezer and it got very cold. song is over. I hope you had some fun. Chag Hanukkah Sameyah. J.M. in the A.M. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. Oh, yes. Happy Hanukkah, everyone is right. Happy Hanukkah, Chag Urim Sameyah. Afrelech and Hanukkah. Welcome to the first day of Hanukkah on this Monday, November the 29th. Chavtet November. How many people out there know what the significance of November 29th is and why we refer to it as Chavtet, which means 29 in November. Why does it have a a um, Jewish feeling to it when you say the date, Chavtet, but yet it's talked about and spoken about and uh, mentioned as a date in November. Anybody know the answer? Ask your teachers. Ask your rabbis. Hopefully they know the answers. <laughs> I hope they know the answer. It is Chavtep in November on a Monday morning on this 25th day of Kislev. Today is day one of Hanukkah 5782. And we say happy Hanukkah to everybody. Yes, it's the first day of Hanukkah 5782. And um, happy Hanukkah, Chag Urim Sameach. Let us hope that the light of Hanukkah brightens things up in this amazing and incredible world of ours. Let us hope. Don't forget, Alanisim is said, Hallel is said, special Torah reading for Hanukkah. Um, don't forget, um, many add Mizmor Shir Hanukkah Tabayit Ledavid at the end of Davening. Keep all that in mind on this very first day of Hanukkah. But again, most importantly, Al Hanisim, when you daven, when you bench between now and the eighth day of Hanukkah, you're always saying Al Hanisim. 39 degrees with 67% humidity, Windsor West at 7 miles per hour. Mix of sun and clouds, high temperature of 43. Then tonight, partly cloudy, a low 31. Clouds tomorrow and a high of 42 degrees. Yushalayim is at 77. We're at 39 in New York City on a Monday. Hanukkah, as we say good morning at JM and the AM. I had to mention, I, well, we did Hanukkah by Uncle Maishi. Before that, I had to play We Stand this one. One of the messages that we have to continue to transmit, and especially on a holiday like Hanukkah, is Jewish unity. And I... Um, I always think that the challenges of unity get more and more complicated as the world gets more and more complicated. And um, I figured that on a day like today, when Jewish unity was such a key to the victory of the Jews over the enemy, let's play We Stand as One. Thank you to Cole Zimra. Yaakov Shweki, L'chaim, and the Wonder of Life. Yeshiva Boys with Daddy Comes Home. Daddy Come Home. Alani Semenaneros Halalu, Ari Goldwax Hanukkah Light. You heard Hanukkah done by the cast of Agut Yar. Masach Hashem, of course, our Monday morning theme song for Mayor Sherman. And Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's a Monday, the first day of Hanukkah, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. 
I um, I know that uh, since we last spoke, there has been a lot going on. There is a new variant called Omicron or Omicron, identified days ago by researchers in South Africa. It has led to a shutdown in Israel of foreign visitors. We were scheduled to be, and we still are scheduled to be in Israel next week. Will it happen? I don't know. I don't think that anybody today on Monday has a clear idea of what the rules and regulations are in terms of getting into Israel and staying in Israel. But at the moment, at the moment, we are um, still keeping our trip to Israel on the calendar. We'll see what happens. It is scheduled to begin with a broadcast on uh, Tuesday morning at JM in the AM. And again, we will see what happens. Um, I just don't know. I don't think anybody knows. But that is where we're at this moment. And uh, I know that a lot of anxious people are in much more difficult situations, whether they are quote-unquote stuck somewhere or stuck somewhere else, whether it be Israel, the United States, South Africa, etc. A lot of people are in difficult situations right now because of this very fast uh, action by the Israeli government. But we will see what happens. Maybe there'll be a Hanukkah miracle and things will open up again very, very soon. Uh, listener Edie reminded me, and I have to make sure to mention that Israel's president Yitzhak Herzog, who I saw two Mondays ago at the Nefesh Benefesh celebration, he um, he lit the Chanukiah, and frankly, this whole thing was pretty amazing. He lit the Chanukiah the first Hanukkah candle at Marat HaMachpelah. Israel's president lit the first candle on Hanukkah in Hebron. Speaking at the Marah, he declared the historic connection of Jews to Hebron, to the heritage of our patriarchs and matriarchs, is unquestionable. Recognition of this connection must be beyond all controversy. Clashes then erupted between Palestinians and IDF forces near a checkpoint between the Palestinian and Israeli sections of the city. Palestinian media reported on Sunday night that the checkpoint known to Israelis as Mahsom Hashoter, the policeman's checkpoint, and by Palestinians as Bab al-Zawiyah. That was the site of clashes between uh, Palestinians and IDF forces. Tensions were high ahead of Herzog's appearance. There was a heavy deployment of security forces in the city, and roads uh, were closed near the holy site, according to reports. One video showed border police officers scuffling with a number of men linking arms and chanting against the visit outside the compound. In the video, police approached the man, and the men and tug away a Palestinian flag they're holding. In addition, dozens of Israeli left-wing activists protested Herzog's visits, visit with signs in Hebrew and English accusing Israel of apartheid and calling to banish the darkness. The pro- protest was held at the entrance of the adjacent community of Kiryat Arba after the military imposed an order banning left-wing activists from Hebron itself to prevent disturbances. In an appeal for peace, Herzog remarked, you won't agree about everything, but we need to remember that we are all man's sons, he says, according to a statement from his office. We have all shared roots from this cave alongside... Oh, we are all one man's sons. We have all shared... 
We all have shared roots from this cave. Alongside that, we have to remember that our roots are not the only ones that go back to this cave, especially today and especially here in the holy space dedicated to all sons of Avraham. We have to continue dreaming of peace between all faiths and creeds in this land to condemn any type of hatred or violence. So that's the... Um, um, that's the story with uh, what happened at Marat Pelah. As Israel has... Uh, Israel has um, shut down and returning Israelis have to quarantine. According to this report by Arye Stern in Hamodia, several foreigners arriving from South Africa Friday to, to be Menachem Oval, the family of L.E.K., were blocked from entering Israel after the government introduced new measures to curb the spread of Omicron. Of Omicron. The two visitors, along with three others, departed South Africa before the new restrictions banning foreign visitors from much of Africa into Israel was announced. All five were forced to leave on a flight on Friday, that forced them to be Machal Shabbos, despite pleading with officials to allow them to stay till after Shabbos was over. Wow. Talk about a crazy situation. Talk about a crazy situation. Um, yeah, so that's some of the things that's happened. Those are some of the things that are going on on this first day of Hanukkah. Uh, low expectations on the nuclear talks as, I, as Iran creates facts on the ground. Uh, Swazi declined his appointment in the Adams administration. Um, and of course, Israel has barred all foreigners. Yeah. JM in the AM, Monday morning. No, we don't know anything more. We have no idea. We know nothing compared. I mean, nobody knows anything. We spoke with uh, all the usual suspects yesterday. All the people you'd expect us to be in touch with, people who are very close to the Prime Minister, spoke to Malcolm Honline, uh, spoke to those who are working with organizations both in Israel and the United States in general over the last few months to get people in into Israel. Nobody seems to know anything. And I guess that shouldn't be surprising because this thing was done so quickly and we were just told to be patient and see what happens over the next couple of days. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be Staying patient, see what happens over the next couple of days, and see if there's hope for our trip to Israel next week or not. That has that is how we are going to play things at the moment, and we will see what happens. Meanwhile, it's a Monday morning, and we're celebrating Hanukkah. I hope uh, you've ha- enjoyed some great Livivot, some wonderful latkes. I hope you've had some great jelly donuts, some fantastic sufganiyot. I hope you've played some dreidel, and that you're winning so far. I hope you've had an opportunity to enjoy Hanukkah so far with family and friends. And Baruch Hashem, it's eight days long, which makes it even easier to enjoy. It's not a fleeting holiday. It's going to be with us for a while, please God. And what is better than that? And it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, and AlchemySingle.com, and the AlchemySingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galite's on the background. Do our news from Israel coming up. 39 degrees, some sun, some clouds, a mix of the two, and a high of 43. We've got Jay Booksbaum joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk a little bit about delicious kosher wines for the holiday of Hanukkah. Speaking of Maccabees, the Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, had quite a day yesterday. And we are hoping that in the third hour this morning, their coach, Elliot Steinmetz, will join us here at JM in the AM. Very much looking forward to that. 
So hopefully he'll join us coming up before we wrap things up this morning. And Mayir Me Lim, Rabbi Benji Kramer's got a new segment of Mayir Me Lim coming up at 9 a.m. right after JM in the AM. And I hope you'll be tuned in. He is doing a remarkable job taking the mantle from our dear, dear departed friend, Mayor Weingarten. Every time I say that, it's hard for me to believe, frankly. So thank you, Rabbi Benji Kramer. Much appreciated. You'll hear him at 9 a.m. this morning right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Galay Tzal in the background to our news from Israel coming up. And then plenty more on this uh, first day of Hanukkah 5782. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday follows next. We say Boker Tov, Chanukah Sameach, Chag Urim Sameach from JMN. צהל מירושלים השעה שתיים. שלום רב, באולפן מריאם בלוך, עם מה שקורה עכשיו. בית המשפט בחיפה הורה לשחרר למעצר בית את אדוארד קצ'ורה, כחשוד ברצח הנערה ליטל יעל מלניק. מדווח כתבנו בצפון, אדר גיציס. בתום 14 הערכות מעצר החליטה השופטת לא לקבל את בקשת המשטרה להאריך פעם נוספת את מעצרו של אדוארד קצ'ורה, ונמקה כי אין בפעולות החקירה שבוצעו לאחרונה להבהיר את התמונה. מנגד ביקשה המשטרה עיכוב ביצוע לשחרור כדי להגיש ערעור על ההחלטה לבית המשפט המחוזי. כזכור, אדוארד קצ'ורה, שעבד כאח במרכז לבריאות הנפש, שבו אושפזה בעבר יעל מלניק, הודה כי חפר את הבור יחד איתה בתור טיפול נפשי למחשבותיה האובדניות. חידוש שיחות הגרעין בין איראן למעצמות היום בווינה. שר החוץ יאיר לפיד, אשר מבקר בלונדון, אומר במסיבת עיתונאים עם שרת החוץ הבריטית, האיראנים מגיעים לשיחות האלה במטרה אחת בלבד, להסיר את העיצומים. מדווחת כתבתנו המדינית, מוריה אסרף וולברג. ברקע חידושן של שיחות הגרעין, שר החוץ יאיר לפיד אומר בהצהרה משותפת עם שרת החוץ הבריטית בביקורו בלונדון, אני יודע שאנחנו מחויבים לאותה המטרה, שאיראן לא תוכל להשיג נשק גרעיני, עוד הוסיף לפיד, האיראנים מגיעים לשיחות הללו במטרה אחת בלבד, להסיר את הסנקציות. בהמשך היום לפיד ייפגש גם עם ראש ממשלת בריטניה בוריס ג'ונסון, מחר לפיד ייפגש עם נשיא צרפת עמנואל מקרון, כלל הפגישות עוסקות בסוגיה האיראנית. כתב אישום הוגש נגד ערן אזולאי שדרס למוות את הילד ברק חורי, זיכרונו לברכה, בערב יום הכיפורים. אזולאי מואשם בהמתה בקלות דעת ונהיגה בשכרות. מדווחת כתבתנו בתל אביב, אנה פינס. על פי כתב האישום, בערב יום הכיפורים האחרון נהג אזולאי ברכבו, לאחר שבשעות אחר הצהריים שתה משקאות אלכוהוליים. מעט לפניו, באותו הנתיב, רכב ברק חורי בן ה-13 על אופניו. הוא עצר לפרק זמן קצר, ואזולאי האיץ ופגע בו בעוצמה. הילד נפצע אנושות, וכעבור זמן קצר נקבע מותו. בבית המשפט המחוזי בירושלים נמשך שלב ההוכחות במשפט נתניהו. עדותו של ניר חפץ, יועץ התקשורת לשעבר של משפחת נתניהו, מתמקדת בתיק 2000. מדווח כתבנו איתי שריג. חפץ מעיד כי הדרמות התקשורתיות בסביבת נתניהו התרחשו בעניינים הקשורים למשפחת נתניהו או לפרסומים שהעלו סימני שאלה בתחום טוהר המידות. חפץ סיפר לבית המשפט כי נתניהו סבר שכל מה שמתרחש בעיתון ידיעות אחרונות נעשה באישורו של המוציא לאור נוני מוזס. חקירתו הראשית של חפץ צפויה להימשך גם מחר. שר הביטחון גנץ מאשר את הפרסום בגלי צה"ל ומודיע נקים ועדה ציבורית שתבחן את מעמדם וזכויותיהם של יתומי צה"ל. 
כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון דורון קדוש, שפרסם את הפרטים, מוסר כי בראש הוועדה יעמוד השופט בדימוס אליקים רובינשטיין. חבר הוועדה, אלברט אלי אמסלם, שוחח עם אמיר איבגי. מדובר על עוול היסטורי של ממשלות ישראל לדורותיה. זה חוקים שנחקקו בשנות החמישים, ומאז לא שונה שום דבר. הוועדה תבחן את כל הנושא לעומק ותגיש מסקנות והמלצות לשר. ומזג האוויר עלייה קלה נוספת בטמפרטורות, חם מהרגיל לעונה ויבש ברוב אזורי הארץ. לקראת הערב תתחזקנה הרוחות בהרי הצפון. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
Oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. on a Monday. Happy Hanukkah. Day one of Hanukkah 5782. Mo's Sur and Hooked on Hanukkah. Our friends at the Tzlova Zemmer Boys Choir. Uh, you heard the um, London School with Mo's Sur Ufaratza. That was Rogers Park. Pulls in with me and Malel. Schlockrock's Hanukkah Medley, your Achmiel Begun Miami Boys Choir with their Hanukkah 5782 brand new selection here at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. AJA Carpool number 204, happy Hanukkah to you. JA Mora, happy Lichtige Hanukkah to you. Um, what else do I want to say? <laughs> Listener Klein says it's not Hanukkah without Paul Zim. Freilich and Hanukkah to you all. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Chaya, may we all have the joy and light of Hanukkah in our lives. Our friends at A&H say happy Hanukkah to everybody. Happy Hanukkah from Abel's and Hyman. Lots of delicious and incredible meat treats that will be served this coming Shabbos Hanukkah. All courtesy of uh, our friends at... um, Abel's and Hyman. Enjoy 10% discount with promo code radio when you go to kosherdogs.net. And uh, enjoy. Try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Monday morning, JM in the AM. Dove Lippman is going to join us from Israel. We'll see if we can get any type of update. Or if someone just asked me, is he going to let you know if you can go to Israel next week? <laughs> I don't know. That I have no idea. He might, he might be able to say if we'll be able to go to Israel next week, but it seems like nobody's able to say that. We'll figure it out all coming up here at JM and the AM, or at least I hope we'll figure it out. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevinimus of a lady. Zechonishmas Esther Basarbius of a lady. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. All right. Sorry about that. How about now with morning chizuk? No. All right. My apologies. Um, for some reason, 
our computer has not been getting the chizuk that uh, a computer needs in order to play morning chizuk recently. I don't know why that is. Uh, we'll give it one more shot here for a second. Uh, it's day one of Hanukkah. Don't forget to add al to all your davening and benching. Don't forget to uh, keep in mind that uh, we have a special Torah reading for Hanukkah. We have Halil that's said on Hanukkah. Mizmur Shir Hanukkah Sabai David is said as well. All the traditional additions for Hanukkah should be added. Keep that in mind. Message from all of us here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It's cited in Halacha that the reason we light the menorah on Hanukkah is to publicize the miracle of the oil that was found. The Neros allude to the Yeshua Gedolah the great salvation of Klal Yisrael, who were saved from their enemies. The Medrash tells us, The darkness was on the face of the abyss. It refers to Yovon, because, They were able to darken the eyes of Bnei Yisrael with their evil decrees. Yovon wanted to be Mavatal, the main mitzvahs of Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh and Brismila. They proclaimed that the Jews should write on the horn of an ox that they had no share in the God of Israel. The Gemara in Bavakama explains that when an ox scores with its horns, it does so with the intent of causing damage. It derives no personal pleasure from that act. The Medrash allegorically is describing the nature of the Hellenistic regime. They made various decrees, vicious decrees, but had nothing to gain. Their intent was solely to inflict suffering on the Jews. The salvation and victory of Bnei Yisrael is called from great darkness to great light. That is the reason for the oil miracle, so that the menorah's light should illuminate this particular facet of the nace. The piersum, or the publicity that we get out, is not just about the nace of the oil, but we also recall the light that was able to shine out, that the choshech, that the darkness brought by Yavon, was able to be dispelled. Therefore, the piersume nisa, the fact that we publicize the miracle, is specifically through the menorah. A few years ago, I was privileged to be at the Grand Central Station and to organize a menorah lighting. There, in the middle of thousands of commuters passing by, the menorah was shining brightly. All of a sudden, there was an elderly man. The individual stopped about 10 feet away from the menorah, and he kept looking at it with deep concentration. Finally, I went over to him, and I asked him how he's doing. He told me he is a sheriff's hapleta yid. He's a survivor of the Holocaust. He said, I see that you have six candles burning for the six days of Hanukkah. I saw six million Jews killed, but those six candles give me some comfort. It gives me strength. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk. Have a freilich in Hanukkah. Yevanim neik betu alai 
זי בימי חשמנים, ופרצו חומות מגדליי, וטימו כל השמנים. ומנות הקנקנים, נשא נס לשושנים, עיני בינה ימי שמונה, קבו שיר עונני. ושם תודה נזבח. את אחים מטבח, מצהר נבח. אז אגמור בשיר מזמור חנוכת מזבח. Amazing song from Aaron Razel. Yevanim is the name of that one here at JM in the AM. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. It's day one of Hanukkah, 5782, and I hope your Hanukkah is going well so far. Well, there's no question it's been an interesting Hanukkah for Dove Lippmann. Uh, Rabbi Dove Lippmann, of course, um, wh- whether a member of Knesset or not, and I say that with the greatest of respect because whether he's officially in the government or not officially in the government, he is always fighting um, for everybody, but especially for the Anglo-Jewish community in Israel, especially for new olim in Israel or people who are trying to become new olim in Israel, and certainly during this period of the last almost two years, fighting for people to get into Israel, whether they be uh, whether they people, people who want to make Aliyah, people who want to uh, just visit, people like us, frankly. Uh, and by the way, as we introduce him, let me remind everybody that Yadla Olim, the uh, organization that he founded, uh, specifically to help people with all these issues, 
Um, and you can get information, by the way, at yadlaolim.org, the only organization actively advocating for global jury and Israeli immigrants in the halls of the Knesset. Uh, right now they're in the middle of their cause match campaign. And they are almost at the halfway point of what they're trying to raise, their $250,000 goal, with uh, about a day and a half still remaining. So they are in the midst of a very, very successful campaign. Call out vote to everybody around the world who's supporting Yadla Olim. And again, you can go to yadlaolim.org, Y-A-D-L-O-L-I-M.org for information about the organization and obviously the donate button and the crowdfunding button is all right there for you to get involved. Rabbi Dove Lippman, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you again. And good luck with the campaign. Looks like it's going well, and I know a lot of our listeners take a great interest in what you're doing, and I hope they support you. Well, it's been it's been an incredible few days. We we didn't plan to have our crowdfunding campaign <laughs> on the exact day that Israel banned anyone from entering the country. So, whereas I expected to spend my days, you know, reaching out to people asking for funding, I actually spent Mote Shabbos up all night, uh, didn't sleep, uh, helping people, guiding people, as was my entire staff. Spent yesterday morning at the Knesset in committee trying to adjust some of these rules, and we'll talk about that. And now we're getting down to actually reaching out to people, but it really has been phenomenal to see over 1,100 people uh, reach out and donate as we get towards 50% of our goal. And and everyone should understand, the the, the goal here is to be effective. In other words, we need to hire more staff, we need to have greater infrastructure due to the amount of people that are reaching out for help, and we have a full agenda way beyond just corona travel to adjust policies related to Olim, related to their families, and related to actually Jews all around the world. So yeah. we're looking forward to finishing this campaign, reaching the goal of the 250000 and then really being able to move forward both with Corona travel help and also with our full legislative agenda. All right. Um, and it's no secret. I'm very open with my audience when it comes to this stuff, especially over the last couple of years. We, we give too many details sometimes, but, it's, but m- most people at this point already know uh, that we have a trip planned next week, a very, very big broadcast trip, and you know what those broadcast trips are like for us. You've been part of them. Uh, we have a very big trip scheduled for next week. Uh, I'm trying. You're one of the people, obviously, uh, you're at the top of the list, of the people I've uh, reached out to just to try to get any information. Is there any information? And and if this exceptions committee, which frankly has let me in during COVID, right, first-degree relative and members of my staff who were deemed uh, quote-unquote important enough you know, to be in Israel to, dis- to discuss and promote certain causes. Those are basically the two exceptions that we got in under in the past. Do we have any idea if those rules and regulations are going to remain the same? So when they announced the ban, they did not take into account any of these exceptions. It was just a total ban. Anybody who's not an Israeli citizen is a tourist. Finished. And I reached out to the chairman of the Long Constitution Committee, a member of Gilad Kariv, and I explained to him what was happening. He couldn't believe that the government, and I'm not blaming anyone, they were dealing in a panic mode, dealing with a variant, and I understand, you know, I'm not the one who goes to sleep at night with the right. health uh, uh, the well-being of all Israelis on my shoulders, right. but they, they, he couldn't believe 
believe they didn't take into account any of the things that you just mentioned. And we had a committee hearing yesterday morning where I raised two issues. Issue number one was exceptions. Uh, that and what is the process? What are the rules? What is the criteria? Uh, what is going to be included? Will we go back to the first of relatives? Will we go just to smachot and, and weddings and things like that? But what, what does the government want here? That's number one. And how does one get that exception? And then number two, we raised the issue of visa holders, people who live in Israel, uh, residents of Israel, students. There are a lot of yeshiva boys and seminary students who went home for whatever it is, and now they're stuck and they can't come back in. We raised those two issues. And to his credit, I really, you know, sometimes we joke about the, the Knesset being a place where things can't get done and a circus and whatever other terminology you hear. It was a very productive hearing, and tomorrow morning uh, he has required the government authorities, every single ministry involved, to come with their recommendations for what the exceptions are going to be. I'm already in touch with him behind the scenes lobbying for more than I believe the government is going to give, and we'll see tomorrow morning exactly what the rules are, what the exceptions will be, and what the process will be to uh, ask for those exceptions. So there is some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of immediate news for those who are desperate uh, to come to Israel. Will it include a trip, uh, a wonderful trip of your kind or the like? We have to see, and we'll see how that plays out tomorrow morning. And, but you'll know that answer by Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. In other words, you'll, you'll, let, you'll be able to let me know uh, in a day or two whether Sunday night's flight should be postponed or not. Yes, I will. But one thing I also wanted to keep in mind is the immediate uh, science that they heard about this variant was very scary, right. and they reacted based on that. I'm already seeing more and more data, and the government's analyzing it also, which is taking them away from that immediate fear. So even if tomorrow, let's say they say, we're only allowing people to come for a wedding of a first-degree relative or a birth of a first-degree relative or the like, that doesn't mean that we're going to stop there, because as time goes along and they perhaps realize the variant is now what they thought it was, we do want to work things back to the way it was before, where let's expand it now to first-degree relatives, and then let's go further and, and see if we get to a point where we can open up again. So I, I do believe that we, you know, there was an immediate reaction of slamming on the brakes and closing the doors, and, and thanks largely uh, to our advocacy uh, at Yad Olim, where and others as well are certainly involved in this process, we are going to hopefully see a gradual uh, reopening or loosening of the rules as time goes along. All right, so now I'll ask you, now I'll ask you the big question. Is it possible that the regulations of last week, meaning 24-hour PCR test, uh, even a rapid um, uh, you know, PCR when you get to Israel, etc., that we were just starting to get used to, is it possible <laughs> that in the next few days we might be back under that system again? I don't think it'll be the next few days. I don't think the next few days. Uh, things take time to change and, 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 you know, until people are sure. Uh, but I do believe that it's everyone's goal to try to get back uh, to that point. Uh, but again, the first step for us, I mean, I have to be honest with you, Nachman, I get, I get these messages and it really breaks your heart. Uh, yep. and people who uh, are desperate to have family members with them, whether it is for a wedding or if it is for a birth or it is for other situations. So uh, those are, that's the priority. The priority is what they 
what they call here the humanitarian right. uh, cases, and then from there we'll we'll move beyond that. Look, you know, obviously, I know that, understand that, and of course, that's the priority. Just you know, just you know how it is. We're anxious to get there. That's all. As, as so many other people are. That's all. Uh, and and of course, we've got a specific uh, you know time slot carved out, but we can't expect the Israeli government to operate on people's individual uh, schedules. What can I tell you? But the, the fact that you're even alluding uh, to uh, a possible you know, easing of these restrictions is positive news. Because remember, they only started locking down over the weekend, so or, or started the whole process over the weekend. I don't even think it became official until late last night. So the fact that you're even discussing easing of restrictions is pretty positive for the first 24 hours of this whole thing. There's no doubt about it. This whole period has been so fluid and dynamic, and that's been part of the anxiety that everyone has had. I think yeah. people can almost deal with an outright uh, ban one way or the other more than right. uh, you know, right. confusion. Right. And, and yes, no, I, I don't know right. how to plan. What do I do? PCR tests, yes. Right. Leave work, don't leave work. That, that's been part of the anxiety here, and I know that you right. know, what used to be such a joy for everyone, which was just booking your ticket, getting on a plane, and coming and enjoying Israel, has really become a, a hardship. And uh, we certainly want to do our part uh, to try to ease that. Information really helps, just giving clarity and, and having people who can walk you through it. Now, I'm going to have to tell you, the number of people who struggle, you know, the basic entry form at this point is not so complicated. Right. But when people are stressed and they're nervous and they're fearing doing something wrong, they have a very hard time with it. And we have a wonderful team that sits and just holds people's hands as they go through it because it's become so anxiety-filled. So that's going to continue for a while, because even if they do open up, there's going to be forms, there's going to be rules, there's going to be quarantine, there's going to be that element until, uh, for quite a while, and it might become uh, something which exists for longer than we would want, but there are people, and this is what I want everyone to know, there are people, certainly we at Yad Lim that are advocating, that, that want to help, that want things to change, and, and there's no one in the Israeli government who, who's trying to do anything malicious, they're just coming from a place of, they have to protect the public health in Israel, first and foremost, and we're just trying to help them find that balance. Rabbi Dov Lippmann, and, and by the way, the most poignant thing that you said uh, so far this morning, as, as, as simple as it might sound, is that sometimes it's better to just be told a definitive yes or definitive no. But when I text you and you say to me, don't cancel the trip yet, that might be that might be the worst feeling of them all. You just you you stay in that state of flux where you just don't know what you know what the next day will bring. But as you said, hopefully in the next day or two we will have some more definitive information and uh, you know get to a point where uh, at least people will know exactly what they need to do if they want to get in. Will everybody qualify? Probably not, but we'll see who does and who doesn't. Simple as that. Um, Yadlo Lim has a, 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 a fundraising campaign going on as we speak, a crowdfunding campaign, everybody. Uh, we recommend that you uh, continue to support the work of Rabbi Dove Lippmann and his staff, a lot of great people who are advocating for a lot of important things. And now, with this whole situation, you could add the, uh, uh, the American and, and other tourists from the diaspora that they are helping out uh, during this whole situation and likely are going to continue to do so for months and months. This is not, you know, there's there's always going to be some type of restriction or some type of red tape that's going to have to be cut over the next few months. Uh, hopefully it'll only be the next few months, but there's always going to be something. Uh, you can go to yadloolim.org, Y-A-D-L-O-L-I-M.org and donate to the campaign and help them reach their goal of 250000 uh, by the deadline tomorrow and uh, allow them to continue to do this amazing work. Uh, Rabbi Dove Lippmann, anything else you'd like to add, sir? 
just uh, everyone just has to know how badly we want everyone to come back here. Really, it's it's one of these things where it's so hard to see how people love Israel, support Israel, yearn for Israel. And it's it, it, I, every night when I go to sleep, I try to think about that part of it also because there's so much anxiety and frustration. But it's all based on how much people want to be connected to Israel. So uh, hopefully everyone could just keep holding on to that uh, enthusiasm and inspiration uh, about Israel and, and as things open up, as things close, et cetera, et cetera, let's just keep uh, strengthening uh, one another and just, and just really recognize how blessed we are to live in a time uh, where we do have a Jewish state and where we do have Israel. And as I've been telling people all along, you know, let, uh, let these be our struggles. You know, this is, this is our struggle right now is how to, how to comfortably get into Israel, yeah. and I would choose that over what our, our ancestors had to deal with, with for 2,000 years, and hopefully that perspective can help people get through what is definitely a difficult time. Well said on this Haftet November, and well said on this first day of Hanukkah, a day of, uh, of miracles that, uh, uh, that is so meaningful to the Jewish people. And yes, you are right. Now with a little bit of diligence and a little bit of adjustment and a little bit of advocating, things can work out. Thank God we hopefully will not need any of the miracles from above to make this happen. Hopefully we'll just need a little diligence and a little assistance to get people to Israel as soon as possible. Uh, I thank you. By the way, what percentage of, uh, of, um, of, uh, uh, of students uh, in the United States right now who are in our uh, yeshiva system do you think know what Chavtet November is? How many of them? How, what percentage do you think are aware of, of what Chavtet November is today? Well, well, let me say this. I graduated high school in 1989, and had you asked me, I didn't know the answer to that question. So, so uh, just going back to that, I, I don't know, and that's sad because there's no doubt that it's just, uh, you, know, you watch the video of the people keeping count as they're going through, and as my Rosh Hashiva, Yaakov Weinberg said, what greater open miracle can there be than the Soviet Union voting in favor of a Jewish state in the land of Israel, and then trying to get out of it like the very next day. Um, it, it's you, know, you have to step. You have to open our eyes and see these miracles. And I believe that our students and our children can be inspired uh, to love Israel and be inspired to uh, uh, embrace their Judaism if they understand the magnitude of these events that they're now blessed to, to live the fruits of. So uh, hopefully, uh, more and more can learn about it. But I can tell you, Nachum, I did not know. Well, I I am glad I asked the question because what you just said was so inspiring, and I hope it inspires others to uh, to look it up and to research and to understand the important dates in modern Jewish history. Uh, Dove Lipman, a big big hatzlacharaba uh, uh, on the campaign yadlaolim.org. Everybody give generously and thank you, thank you, thank you. Not just for keeping us at the Nahum Siegel Network in the loop about whether we're going to make it to Israel, but helping thousands of people try to get to the Holy Land as soon as possible. Thank you so much, and we look forward again, like I said, to seeing everyone here. Bezrat Hashem. Bezrat Hashem is right. Monday morning broadcast. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. You're listening to JM in the AM. Oh, I saw Yeshua 
J.M. in the A.M., Shmuel Brazil and Company with Mo's Tzor, and quite a Mo's Tzor it is. On a Monday, first day of Hanukkah at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. 
Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. From the grapevine on this first day of Hanukkah, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. He's the one, the only, Jay. Book spam. Pregnant pause there. So I was told that, um, <laughs> I was told if we were playing the Nahum Single Network classic game, Where in the World is Jay Booksbaum, I was told, I was given advanced warning that today would be a stellar performance on the part of Mr. Booksbaum. So Jay, that would lead me to believe that you're in some obscure location and spending the first day of Hanukkah uh, truly on the road. Nowhere near your home base in New Jersey. Jay, am I, am I right so far? Ben. Say it again? It would have been. COVID things changed things at you're, the last minute. You're telling me that last week we were informed that you're going to be, and we weren't told where, we were informed that you're going to be in some you know obscure, exotic, use whatever word you want to describe it, place, and that you literally had to cancel the trip because of this new variant? Well, not the new variant, but other lockdown issues and delayed wow. issues because of COVID, yeah. Wow. But I can tell you where it was going to be. Where was it going to be? Panama. You were going to be back in Panama. Right. I've been told, by the way, that in Panama, and it's funny you mention it because um, I- I've been doing, I-, I just have get, been getting involved in so many discussions about the Jewish community in Panama recently. It seems like they're, they're like a pendulum. In terms of lockdown to freedom and lockdown to freedom, like it's been crazy over. The, I mean, I know it's been crazy everywhere, but especially there, they've they've just been scrambling. Uh, it, it seems every few weeks with new rules. Is that is that the right description? Yeah. That that's the right description. Wow. Plus, plus, and and this is one of the big reasons why, and I'm glad to talk about it because they're such good friends of mine. There's a brand new supermarket opening up in Panama. Yeah. Opening by the previous supermarket owners of the largest supermarket, they're arguably their largest supermarket. They're called the Zakai's, uh, um, and and the Zakai family was set to open it. I was going to be there for the grand opening, and then because of COVID, all the food was delayed. Oh gosh! So, so they couldn't. They literally couldn't open. They didn't have what to put on the shelves. So they had to wait another week and another week and another week, and then so we found out only the last minute that. Uh, Jay, change your flight. So I changed my flight. I need your perspective on this. To give me your perspective on the whole supply chain situation. What does Jay Booksbound think? It's it's a mess. It's a real mess. Um, you know, we, we had this, it doesn't matter what the product was exactly, but we had this one liqueur product that they wanted to bring in. And everything was fine, except they were missing caps. Oh, my God. So, you know, they had the product, they had the bottles, they had the labels, they had the machinery ready to bottle it and label it and everything. But because the caps couldn't come in from China, you know, it's, it's amazing. Imagine if it was just the glue. Yeah. or You know, so this disruption, you know, you, you, you think of it as, oh, the refrigerators didn't get in. But, no, it, it could be like one little screw from the refrigerator or something. Yeah, you know, somebody could hold up. Somebody told, me, somebody told me. Somebody told me about a, sto- a story about a paint uh, company uh, that, in order to make the paint that they make, they need fourteen ingredients, and one of them was not available. And of course, it holds up the entire operation. Is this? I mean, not that your company should be any different, but I'm assuming Kedem Royal Wine. I mean, you, you got to be facing this situation on a daily basis, where where one little thing or even bigger thing is either missing or or part of the whole process that you just can't get a hold of. I mean, I would assume you, like every other business, is going through the whole thing like this. We are, we are, and and on top of that, 
you know, the cost of shipping has gone through the roof. Right. I mean, in some cases, well, everybody talks about China being like four times what it used to be. But even from Israel, it's three or four times what it used to be. So when, you, when you're bringing in, you know, entry-level wine, it makes a real difference at the retail for the consumer on what that adds to the retail price. Yeah. It really is. So if there is a $12 bottle of wine from two years ago, is it now reflected at a higher price point? Or you're the, the company- no, I, I, will tell you, I will tell you the Herzogs have been really good about it, even though their prices, and, and I'm not kidding, even though their costs have gone up, they're keeping the prices until the first of the year at least. Wow. And then you're going to be seeing some price increases. Oh, so right boy. now, Hanukkah, you can still get it at the, hopefully at the same, you know, reasonable price. Right, assuming, assuming, the re, yeah. assuming the retailer is able to keep it at that level. Uh, Jay Booksbaum, the number one kosher wine sommelier, is with us live via telephone. You know the purpose of this conversation, everybody. It's to update our, uh, to update our audience um, regarding what uh, Kedem Royal Wine and all its affiliated companies have uh, available this Hanukkah. Obviously, Jay, there are too many products to go through everything that you guys sell. But when we think of latkes and we think of sweet sufganiyot, uh, we always ask for your suggestions about what people should look at during Hanukkah 5782 wine-wise. Are there a couple of bottles that you could bring to our attention that would fit in perfectly for the Hanukkah celebrations that are going on this week? Yes, but you know me, as always. I want everybody to be cautious. So we're going to have lots of people with lots of children, hopefully, and some you know, at the proper age, some not. And so just remember that we still have that wonderful sparkling grape juice that you can share with everybody, even if you're not having the wine. That's right. And, you know, so don't forget that. And that's <laughs> non-alcoholic, and everybody can still, you know, feel like they're part of the fun party, even without the alcohol. But in terms of the alcohol, oh, my gosh. You know, I do this thing on Mutsu um, Shabbos called The Big Reveal. And one of the things I thought about was um, – you know, this this holiday is a holiday of, of course, the triumph of Jews over tyranny right. and the triumph of freedom, uh, freedom to practice your religion over, you know, suppression. And one of the one of the most interesting and also a perfect, perfect Sufganiyot wine comes from Spain. And it comes from a family that has returned to Spain after 600 years, 600 years, five to 600 years since the, you know, since the... Um, since Jews were expelled, and they returned to Spain from Morocco to make wine again. It's a Jewish family, you know, and they're making wine again. It's called Elvi, mm. and they had, they're making a wine, a sangria called Santanori, and this sangria is perfect, just perfect for, uh, for Sufganiyot because it's sweet, and it's fresh, and it's lively, and it's inexpensive. Uh, I do want to caution everybody, though, that it is not, I repeat, it is not kosher for Pesach. So Ooh. if you're going to buy some now, interesting you know, you got to up. Interesting twist. Most of your products, of course, are kosher for Pesach. Right, and, and they're working on it. There's just some ingredient there that, wow. you know, although, although you know, ostensibly could not, could be kosher for Pesach, is not made in the right, right. plant or whatever, you know, so... They're being very careful not to put a kosher Pesach certification on it, and it is not kosher Pesach. Let me make that clear. So, but it is um, LV Centenori um, um, Sangria, delicious, red and white, delicious, delicious. Uh, and your local retailer will have it. 
And then, you want to know more? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, and then Herzog's got a brand new Methochamp N1. Now, this is not an inexpensive bottle of wine. It comes in a beautiful um, uh, presentation um, gift, gift can, so to speak. Not so to speak, gift can. And um, it's made in the same exact method as real champagnes are made. And it's got a really nice mousse, which is uh, wine speak for bubbles. It's got really tiny little bubbles, uh, and it's kind of really dry. And so it'll really cut through that oil and that um, sour cream. And even the, it'll, it'll really even go great with the uh, applesauce with your latkes. So uh, it's the Herzog Method Champenois um, wine. It's mm-hmm. really quite, it's made from 100% Chardonnay. And it's also a great gift if you're going to somebody for a Hanukkah party and you know they're really fine wine schmeckers, <laughs> you know, they really love their wine, bring yeah. them this. They'll really be impressed. What people call a wine snob, Jay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like you. Yeah, you know? right. That's me, exactly. <laughs> Jay Bookspam with us, going through some of the wines that you might be uh, inclined to enjoy this Hanukkah 5782. What else is on the list, Jay? What else do you want to bring uh, to the attention of the public regarding kosher wines this time of year? One of my favorites that always gets a bump this time of year, uh, and, you know, you know, also 100% kosher for Pesach, as is all the wines except for that one from LV, the Centenori, uh, um, um, what do you call it, Sangria, is a wine that gets a bump every every time this time of year comes around, and that is the Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc. And the reason for that is is that it's, kind of off dry it's got a lemony sweetness to it it's got it's real floral and it's really inexpensive it's under 10 bucks uh it's it's perfect for sufganiyot also great for latkes with sour cream and especially applesauce because it's even got some of that apple kind of fresh apple flavor to it too Ooh. even though there's no apple in it you know i mean you know just the kind of idea of it comes through uh, so Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc is another one that, you know, if, you, if you're going to have a bunch of people and you want to have a real crowd pleaser, that's a great bottle of wine to have. And then there are the basic staples when you're serving sweet food, especially those incredible Hanukkah desserts, the dreidel cookies, the sufganiyot, the delicious jelly donuts. And there are some basic staples that people have gotten used to over the years, whether it be the uh, Bartonura Blue or the Pinot Grigio um, and many others, of course. Uh, that are perfect, a perfect pair for those sweet desserts, Jay. That's right. And and this year, uh, we had it last year, but it was just getting going. And this year, you got a bunch of cans that right. individual, you know, six ounce or whatever, yeah. 250 mLs cans that are perfect because there's still some people, you know, that would prefer, you know, either to pour it themselves or hold a cup themselves. This is kind of stuff. You can spread around the room and spread around the table, and people can pop their own individual, um, you know, their own individual drinks. So those are those are really great. They come both in the Moscato, the Bartonura comes both in a rosé and in the original in a can. And there are other cans as well, by the way. I don't remember the name, frankly. I'm sure you would, but there are other cans as well of different products in the kosher wine industry that you guys are responsible for at this point. Um, yeah, maybe it was Jay more of Folk has got, right. Jay Folk did a bunch of cocktails, right? Um, different flavors, different varieties, and, and gin and tonic, and right. you know, none of which are extremely dry. Actually, you know, nice and fruity and fresh. Yeah, and then there's this, this fun can called Can Pain. Can 
champagne. <laughs> and what, <laughs> what, is that, what, is, what does that one taste like? It's a rosé. It's, it's, you know, semi-sweet. It looks like a soda can, so be careful that you don't have, you know, young people imbibing. Uh, but it's full alcohol, and it's, it's delicious and quite good with especially jelly donuts, I would guess. And I don't know how many people are still doing this. Because it seems in our community, um, uh, this practice has already gone out of practice. But if you are serving a kiddish, and individual uh, servings are important to you, um, meaning, of course, I'm saying this from a COVID standpoint, individual right. servings are important to you, the cans come in very handy. I mean, you're talking about perfect timing in terms of when these cans were created and then released to the public. And then, of course, unfortunately, the pandemic began. So they're very, very handy for uh, your kiddish if you want to make sure that a separate serving is being given to each person. Yep. I have to tell you, we have a, like a young people's minion here in Elizabeth, yeah. which is like exploding, this young people's minion, as well as uh, housing, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, you know, I gave them some cans as well as other wines to go with a kiddish some weeks ago. Right. The first thing that went was that big bowl of cans. Yeah. Everything went. Boom, gone. Yeah, that's it. You know, people just reached in into the ice with the water, right. grabbed their can, and then took their plate in their other hand with their cholent and kugel and herring or whatever. And um, and you know, it's just been a, it's just the cans, and they weren't planned for the COVID thing, obviously. Right, of know. course, of course. But you it, may still have changed. You may still have changed kiddish habits forever, even if it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> it must. It's unbelievable. It is yep. unbelievable, and the world is so different. The fact that you're here and not Panama tells us just how different the world is right now. The fact that we don't know if our trip to Israel is happening next week or not tells us how different this world is right now. Well, yeah, just one second, Aren't, didn't they just close the borders? They closed the border, uh, but if um, I mean, we had Rabbi Lipman on earlier this morning, and it's such a fluid situation that in the next 24 to 48 hours, we might hear of some exceptions that are being made or possibly even the easing of restrictions because as they continue to analyze this new variant, supposedly it's not as frightening as they originally thought it is. So you just don't know. You just have no idea what the story is. Unbelievable. And and it might be worthwhile to postpone a trip just for a week because that week might make a big difference. But Jay, nobody knows. And you've been going, you know, you're what we we always stressed. This is one of the things we always had fun with with you. And we continue to have fun with is we've always stressed what type of traveler you are and you're always on the go and, and I, right. I, I would imagine, I, I don't know how your body has gotten used to the last 18 months. How have you gotten used to, you know, being being stationary more than being on the road when your life was always being on the road more than being stationary? Let me tell you, we've, we've learned that, uh, you know, not every single meeting required that you thought required a face-to-face does, even though there is really nothing that compares to a face-to-face. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you've been Mr. Face-to-Face. You've always insisted on that and, and, and on the importance of getting together when you want to make a sale. Yeah, because, you know, for me, it's not for everybody this way, but it's not for every business this way, and it's not for every businessman this way, but for me, it really is all about the personal relationship yeah. that you have with someone. So I, I totally get that. It, it's just a completely... So we're, getting, so we're getting used to it, but it's it's still, we can't wait until things you know, things really get back to normal. Everything Jay mentioned in this conversation is available at your kosher wine retailers, no matter where you're listening to this show. Right, Jay? That's a safe uh, assumption to make, correct? Pretty safe, yep. And yep. Uh, go and enjoy the sweet wines, the the uh, the dry wines. Enjoy all the wines this Hanukkah, but especially the ones that pair well with your latkes, with your game of dreidel, 
with your sit with your uh, sufganiyot, your delicious jelly donuts. I mean, if you gra- even if you grab a game of backgammon, as Jay is uh, inclined to do, uh, make sure you have right. a, make sure you have a delicious uh, cup of wine with you to enjoy it during the holiday of Hanukkah. Has has the backgammon been uh, uh, been uh, featured recently? Or you've been that, that that's on the back burner at this point. It's it's been curtailed. No, I'm still playing it, but it's been curtailed. Been curtailed. Oh, for the first, for the first few months uh, during the pandemic. Uh, until everybody got their shot, at least my my buddies that I play back at with got their shots. Right, and even after that, we would play outside. Oh gosh, today's not the day Some for that, huh? <laughs> no, no more. Not not these days. No. Even if you have a good glass of wine, uh, from the grapevine, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. He's the one, the only Jay. Bookstam. Happy Hanukkah to everybody. Happy Hanukkah, Jay, to you and everybody at Kedem, to the Herzog family and everyone at Royal Wine Kedem. Happy Hanukkah, Chagurim Sameach, Afrelich and Hanukkah. And from all of us, of course, here at JM in the AM.
Yeah. 
Jam in the AM Monday morning. Brand new Lizzie Klatsko with Samchenu Moz. Tour before that from Shoebel Shar from Levine. That was by request. And of course, Ivdu was a brand new Zevi Kaufman. Here on a Monday morning broadcast. First day of Chanukah on this Chavtet November. If you don't know what Chavtet November is, and I thought that was really, really heartwarming the way Rabbi Lippman presented how he would not have known what it was back in high school. Um, I think it's an important message for all of us. Make sure our kids know important dates in modern Jewish history and why we have this mixture of Chavtet in November on a day like today, why the 29th of November has a tinge of uh, of Jewish holiday to it because we call it Chavtet in November. Anyway, and it's the first day of Hanukkah, of course. Keep in mind Al-Anissim and all the traditional additions for Hanukkah all through the holiday. Well, as we know, the Maccabees did very well on Hanukkah. They had a massive victory, one that of uh, one one of uh, historic proportions, to say the least. Uh, today's Maccabees, on a casual Erev Hanukkah, yesterday up at the Max Stern Athletic Center, the men's basketball team known as the Yeshiva University Maccabees uh, had quite a victory of their own uh, to keep their perfect twenty. 2021-2022 uh, season uh, perfect record, perfect. And with us li- and by the way, for those of you not aware of the fact, let me, uh, let me make you aware of the fact that uh, Ryan Terrell recognized as probably one of the greatest Division three basketball players ever in this country, um, broke the Yeshiva University men's basketball record for points in a game by scoring 51 points yesterday. The coach of the Yeshiva University Maccabees on this first day of Hanukkah is, of course, Elliot Steinmetz. Coach, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Hey, Nachum. Thank you. I guess we start with Mazel Tov and congratulations first. What an amazing victory it was yesterday. And... Um, what can I say? You have a perfect record. I mean, the season cannot possibly be going better. You as a coach probably would tell me there are ways the season could be going better. But from the fans' perspective, you guys are perfect, and it's pretty amazing to watch. So congratulations on all of that. Thank you. Yeah, from a results perspective, we're definitely where we want to be. You know, it's November. We want to be getting better still every day. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I mean, let's start with this record-breaking performance. What's it like for a – first of all, I have to assume as much as the team and yourself never, ever focuses on personal statistics, the way the game was yesterday late in the game, it looked like there were people in the room aware of what was needed to be done for him to break this record. Would that be fair? There definitely were. I don't think it was necessary. Or anybody on the bench in Pavlingen, but it was it was just one of those games where, you know, it, 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 I mean, it's obviously never happened before, but where where somebody's going like that, and you just try to keep going to him through the offense. Um, and, and I give him a lot of credit, Ryan, because you know until that until the last couple of shots where where, where I think he probably knew where he was up to, he was just in the flow of the offense, just you know, and guys were looking for him because they knew he was cooking, and it was just. It was really just fun to watch. Yeah. It kind of gave kind of gave the rest of us a day off. <laughs> I wonder if the rest of the team felt that way. Some of the fans I was watching the game with were frustrated when somebody else would shoot. <laughs> so so I wonder what was going on on the court. Was it one of those – I mean, I, look, you, you have to be fair to your other players as well, uh, so I'm not getting you to try to say something you're going to regret. But was it one of those days, especially the way the first half went, 
where where a, a good part of the team was having its struggles and and you just had to lean on him a bit more than than even you usually lean on him? So I, I look at it a little differently. I mean, yes, we did. We definitely struggled in the first half. Um, you know, I thought we played pretty poorly on both sides of the ball. In the second half, we really came out, and our, and our team defense was a lot better in the second half. And you know, we just we were we were moving better. We were we were you know covering our assignments a lot better, and our rotations were a lot better in the second half. And that led to you know just better execution offensively. And, and you know, one of the things that's that's great about you know the guys that we have is they always recognize when somebody's going good, mm. um, and and then they'll work for that guy. So you know, I, I think our guys recognize that Ryan had the hot hand, and they started working for him. And if you you know if you watch the tape of the game, and you know I watched it last night, obviously afterwards, you'll see guys actively looking to get him you know open in the post, and then making sure we shift it over so that we could throw him the ball there and kind of get him you know get him in good spots where he could you know go to work. And and I thought that was something that. You know, yes, he did score the bulk of the points, obviously, but and he'll be the first one to tell you it was, it was really a result of, of of the work his teammates were putting in to screen for him and and kind of move him into position, and then obviously he you know he he made the rest happen. Elliot Steinmetz is with us, coach of the Maccabees. Uh, they've had a great start to Hanukkah, just like the real Maccabees did. Uh, <laughs> that that baseline jumper. I mean, someone said to me as he was hitting that baseline jumper, and I know that it's a patented shot for him at this point, it, it, it literally looks like it's a shot he could hit in the NBA. Are you amazed sometimes at how that, that shot goes in almost every time? You know, I'm not amazed because I watch him do it over and over and over in practice. And, and just the amount of work that he puts into kind of perfecting, you know, his form and, and his, his ability to – you know, practice at kind of a game speed so that these shots in pre- in, in games seem like practice for him. Um, I'm not I'm not amazed by the results, but but what's amazing is to kind of watch him work. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm more amazed when I see in terms of practice and how much extra time he spends and and all that. And while I have you on the air, it's it's such an important message for the younger people out there, and really for everybody, especially the parents and grandparents that want to um, you know turn this into a lesson for their children. Uh, if you think you're hitting these shots, and if you think you're finding yourself open, and if you think you're uh, uh, you're dribbling down the court with ease uh, because you simply have a natural ability to do so, you could speak to just how hard it is, how many thousands of hours of work go into being a great player, a great shooter, a great foul shooter, and all the things you need uh, to be a great basketball player. And I think it's a really important message that people realize it's not just the 40 minutes that we see as we watch Max live or attend the games in person. It is all those thousands of hours that are put in behind the scenes. Yeah, and I think it's like that for anything in life, yep. right? It's, you know, yep. you generally see the results of things when you're an outsider. You don't see the work that necessarily went, went into it. You know, you're, you're, you're doing a radio show for God knows how many years now. I imagine you don't just show up in the morning and start talking. There's a ton of preparation that goes in and a ton of work that goes in that no, none of us get to see. Um, so, you know, that, that to me is always the impressive, the impressive part is the hours and the, and the preparation and the time and the commitment that people put in to whatever, whatever their craft or whatever their goal is, um, and then obviously being able to go out and accomplish it. There was a practice this morning, right? Yeah, I'm, on, I'm actually on the way back from it now. Okay, so i got to make that point. Folks, yesterday there was a game. There was a practice already today. Today's practice already took place. It's 8.42 in the morning. Uh, you can imagine the hard work that the uh, the Max players are going through 
uh, to uh, to make us proud on that court. Uh, by the way, it's I mean, look, I've I've watched you coach now for many many years, and it's often um, uh, it's often fun to sit with my family and to just see how you react to certain things. It, it seems like you're not always in favor of taking random 30-foot three-pointers. But I guess in Ryan's case, you sort of give him a pass if he decides to do so at this point, right? It depends on the situation. I mean, we, we had a couple, you know, a few games ago where, where, where we felt, you know, we were taking shots too quickly, whether it was Ryan or any other players, and we just were not kind of running through our offense. Uh, you know, a night like last night where we're kind of getting going through the offense and, and things start to open up. Um, you know, especially towards the end of that game where, you know, we have a little bit of a lead and he's just kind of, you know, Putting it out of reach, uh, you know, yeah, that's you kind of kind of look the other way there and let them go. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, Elliot Steinmetz is with us. All right, look, anybody who's watching your team this year, there really is only one question, uh, and that is why all the first half problems and how do you adjust so well during halftime to make the second half generally a blowout? Uh, yeah, I don't know that it's so much problems as much as, you know, we're, get, we're getting off to a little bit of slow starts. I think, uh, you know, our energy level is a little bit down. You know, there's uh, – we just need to get better. You know, it's, it's very early in the year. I think um, a lot of people – you know, it's funny. If you look back a few years, uh, you know, these are all teams that we were either struggling with or struggling to beat or getting beat pretty badly <laughs> yeah. by. And now it's like all of a sudden we have a, we have a win margin of 30-plus of on average and everybody's like, you know – Oh, but what about the slow start? I think what people don't realize, first of all, is the game started 0-0, right? And we're, and we're playing other teams that are college basketball teams that, that are pretty good, and they're pretty good at what they do. Um, and, you know, so, so it's not going to be like, you know, all of a sudden a minute and a half into the game is going to be 20 nothing. But I, but I do get that, you know, our energy level has been lacking in the first halves, and I, and I think, um, you know, we're trying to challenge our guys to, you know, put together 40 minutes because obviously as we progress and, you know, we're, we're going to hopefully keep getting better as the year goes on. But so are teams that we're playing and, and so is some of the competition level. And, and we want to kind of get to a point where, you know, January, February, and then obviously hopefully into March and, and Adar, as we like to say, uh, we're playing our best ball. Look, I, I, I'm not trying to be critical. I just think that all of us find it interesting that it's it seems that it's the same formula every game. You know, you, you never you haven't had a game yet. Uh, where you've dominated in the first half and then have have gotten a challenge in the second half. So I think you know that that's all that we want to point out. We don't we don't mean to insult the team for not going up twenty to nothing immediately. <laughs> no, it's and it's fair and it's fair criticism and it, and it's something that we are definitely working on as a team. Lastly, it's Hanukkah. Uh, Jewish pride has a lot to do with this holiday, and as I always point out, uh, there is nothing like watching. Uh, your team, many of the players with the Amicas, many of the players very, very aware that they're representing not only Yeshiva University, but are literally representing the Jewish people uh, to players and coaches who may not be familiar with them and certainly to a world that in general is unfamiliar with us, as hard as that is for us to believe. Uh, a lot of people don't know anything about our community. And your players go out there and just exhibit the sportsmanship and the incredible basketball acumen that we we never thought we'd see on that court from a home team, frankly, and they are enjoying one of the most amazing runs. You know that people out there uh, in the know are calling you guys the number one Division three basketball team. They, some people are saying that some of your players could actually play uh, in Division one and get serious playing time. Others are talking, of course, about Ryan and the possibilities of the NBA. You've seen all the articles and you know what people are saying out there. With, with all of these things, there's nothing more important to me that what I always tell you, and that is how they represent the Jewish people both on and off the court. And I hope, 
I hope this undefeated team is living up from your perspective to all of that the way your teams always have. They are, and I think what's interesting is, you know, I, I know I know it's the most important thing to you, but what's, what's great about these guys is it really is the most important thing to them, too. You know, they take that very seriously. Um, you know, they're, they're interested in it, and they, uh, and they take pride in it. Um, and, they, and they know, and they know what it means, and they, and they, and they understand it, and they kind, of, uh, they kind of live it. So it's, uh, it is something for all of us to be proud of. They really they, they conduct themselves in a great way on and off the court. Yeah, there's no question about it. It makes us extremely proud. By the way, everybody, if you're looking for the next home game, it's this coming Saturday night. I hope to be there. Uh, I think that uh, Saturday night's a golden opportunity for people to go and watch the Max and check out what's happening with this undefeated team and to enjoy the uh, incredible way that they are representing the Jewish people. And uh, what better time to do it than during the holiday of Hanukkah. After all, Coach Steinmetz, this is your holiday. It's the Maccabees Week. Uh, it seems that every week this season is the Maccabees Week, but especially this one. I take this opportunity to wish you a happy Hanukkah. Please tell the team that as they increasingly uh, uh, become more and more aware of how they represent our people, it is obvious to people who are watching that they are becoming more and more aware of that. And that's a really important thing for us, and I hope you'll transmit that message to them and wish everybody a happy Hanukkah. I will. A happy Hanukkah to you. Thank you. And the congratulations to Ryan Terrell, the most points ever in a Yeshiva University Maccabees basketball game. 51 points yesterday. Unbelievable. Monday morning broadcast. More coming up on this uh, Hanukkah 5782. Hard to believe, huh? Had quite a morning so far this morning, I'll tell you that much. We've had quite a morning so far this morning. That I could tell you. And uh, between Rabbi Lipman and Jay Booksbaum and Elliot Steinmetz, we cover a lot of ground here at JM and the AM, that I could tell you. More coming up. Happy Hanukkah from JM and the AM.
It's the brand new selection for Hanukkah 5782 from Yerachmiel Begun of the Miami Boys Choir. Achenu Yisrael and Achimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Our listener-sponsored digital radio around the world of web and AchimSigl.com and the AchimSigl Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Monday, Hanukkah day one here at JMM. My thanks to my Dove Lipman. My thanks to Jay Booksbaum. My thanks to uh, Coach Elliot Steinmetz. Thanks to all of you for tuning in, of course. Tomorrow we are back, and we will start at um, 6 a.m. Rabbi Benji Kramer, may ear me limb, comes up next at the Nahum Segal Network. Make sure to be tuned in and enjoy all of our great Hanukkah music all day long and Hallel music all day long here at the Nahum Segal Network. Have a fabulous Monday. Chag Urim Sameach. Happy Chanukah. Frelich and Chanukah. Until tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.